the Clark County Department of Health is investigating multiple cases of measles. Since early January, the numbers in the Vancouver area have risen to 49 confirmed cases with more suspected. Officials are urging immunization and encouraging those who have been exposed to stay at home to help prevent the spread of disease. It's Tuesday, February 5th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Lisa Carter spoke with John Towns, infection disease physician at OHSU, about the factors leading to the current outbreak, who's at risk, and what to do if you suspect you've been exposed or may have the measles. Dr. Towns, welcome back to OHSU Week. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today to discuss this Mm -hmm. very timely issue. Measles is a disease that many of us haven't given much thought to probably in our lifetimes, and now we're seeing it in the news. Can you give us some brief background on the history of the disease and how we got to where we're at today? Sure, yeah. Measles is a, a virus that has been around for a long, long time. It's a human virus. And it used to cause hundreds of thousands of cases of illness every year uh, until a vaccine was invented in the early 1960s or implemented in throughout the uh, early 60s and 70s. And once the vaccine was distributed to uh, a good portion of the population, we saw measles transmission go to almost zero and almost eradicated measles in the United States and such that in um, you know the mid 2000s, early 2000s, only a few cases a year in the United States and almost all of them uh, imported. But lately we've seen some people decide that the measles vaccine isn't for them, concerned about side effects of measles vaccine, and we're seeing a waning of immunity in the population. And when you have a few cases of measles and a non-immune population, all of a sudden you'll get large outbreaks of measles because measles is very contagious and it really requires most of the population to be immune before you interrupt transmission. What is the primary reason we're seeing fewer vaccinations? You mentioned some families are deciding it's just not for them. What are the what are the reasons? I you know I I think um, there was some concern about the possibility that measles vaccine was the cause of autism, and that research has been debunked. Uh, and really, uh, there is real no connection to autism as a result of measles vaccine. I think anytime a disease is very common, people are quick to embrace a vaccine. But when a vaccine, when an illness is uh, they just don't see it at all. When was the last time you saw a case of measles? Ah, why do I need that vaccine? That, that's what happens, I think. As, as a disease almost disappears, it's harder and harder to get people to accept a vaccine. And people don't really understand the importance. Right. And, and what is it about measles that makes it so important to be vaccinated? Well, I don't know if you, you've seen, a, there's a commercial out for Skittles where the two kids are, they've got dots on their face oh, and, right. and, and it's like a fun thing ha 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 we've got a rash and I think measles kind of has been sort of joked about in the past because it's you know you've got red spots mm. but it's actually a very serious illness um, 
people can get very, very sick. It's a respiratory illness. It causes a, a cough and uh, conjunctivitis and runny nose. Uh, but when it gets severe, it can cause pneumonia, encephalitis, uh, irritation of the gastrointestinal tract with diarrhea, and sometimes people die from it. It's very severe in pregnant women um, and can cause spontaneous abortion, fetal death in utero, and uh, premature birth in uh, pregnant women. And the, the women also are, are at risk of severe disease themselves. So it's not a joke. Uh, yeah. It's not... I think we've seen a couple of the cases in, in this current outbreak have been hospitalized. I'm not exactly sure how many have been hospitalized, but it's, it's a serious illness. So uh, probably different from, I think for some people, they aren't necessarily familiar with measles, mumps, chickenpox, some of these diseases that haven't been around and right. may confuse uh, you know, the symptoms of one or how serious those diseases right. really are. Right. And if you've uh, there, there's another complication of measles that's quite rare, but may not be as rare as uh, uh, we'd like it to be. It's called subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. Oh. It's a, a neurologic degenerative disease that occurs six or seven years after an acute measles case, often when the person has measles at a very young age. So presenting in a 10 or 15-year-old with a a very bad progressive fatal neurologic disease. So mm. That's a complication of, of measles as well. That, um, you know, if you see one of those cases, you, you really see the value of getting vaccines and getting your entire population vaccinated. Right. When I first started reading about this outbreak, my, one of my first thoughts was, well, at least I know I'm vaccinated. And then I thought, well, wait, Am I vaccinated? <laughs> I don't. I think I <laughs> right. am. Um, how would someone know for sure if they have been vaccinated or if that they have immunity to the disease? Right. Well, before mm, about 1957, measles was so common that virtually everybody got it as mm. a child. Uh, so, being born before 1957 is pretty good evidence that you're immune to measles because you probably already had it. And having natural disease gives you lifelong immunity. Okay. So if you were born in that early period of 1960s, they, you may have missed vaccine, um, but you should have gotten caught up in vaccine. Most schools will require measles vaccination. Okay. I believe in Oregon it's a requirement to have your school kids vaccinated for measles or to decline vaccination. Right. You know, so it's a requirement for school entry. And there is a registry in Oregon for vaccination, so you should be able to check with the registry about whether you've been vaccinated or not. Your primary care doctor should have records of your uh, measles vaccination and your other vaccinations as well. Okay. So. And for those of us who have children, it, it is part of the standard yes. set of vaccinations right. that children yes. get. Is that um, correct? You, may be aware that the vaccine is called MMR, okay. measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. Yes. Okay. And sometimes combined with varicella, MMRV, usually given in a, a schedule of two doses. Okay. Um, the first dose is not before age one. So okay. little babies are not immune to measles. So that's another group of kids that are especially vulnerable at this time because they, they are not vaccinated. Right. Yet. They haven't had the chance to right. develop that. So who, who is most um, at risk here with this outbreak, would you say? 
the people who have contact with measles cases who are not immune are most at risk. Uh, most at risk of severe disease would be young children under the age of one who are not vaccinated, pregnant women and immunocompromised hosts, people who've had, for example, late stage HIV or a bone marrow transplant or kidney transplant, that kind of thing, or okay. on high doses of steroids. Those people maybe have a, a risk of more severe illness. But you have to be uh, not immune to get measles, in other words, susceptible to the virus. And if you're vaccinated, you should, should not be susceptible. Okay. And how, you mentioned it's, it's highly contagious. How is it spread? Measles is uh, in the respiratory secretion. So when you cough or sneeze, that virus gets uh, suspended in small particles in the air that can hang in the air for up to a couple of hours. Mm. So um, let's say you're in a room and somebody with measles goes into the room and coughs for a little while. Then you walk into the room an hour later, that person's long gone. You could get measles from that exposure. Without realizing that you've been You're breathing exposed. in small particles that have measles, in, okay. measles virus in it. Also by direct contact with secretions. So if you're you know, in a household and yeah. uh, having close contact with a kid who has measles, that, that can transmit measles as well. But it's primarily transmitted by airborne uh, small droplet nuclei. Okay. So it would be difficult to prevent exposure. It's difficult to prevent exposure. If um, you're not immune. If, if you're in the general community. And that's why you need to be vaccinated because yeah. you, you never know. In uh, normal circumstances, we're not having measles cases. Right. Uh, but now there are cases around. Uh, not many, but some. Uh, I, I think the average person, you know, the, maybe 95% of the population is immune mm -hmm. already because we have a good vaccination program in Oregon. There are pockets, though, that have low immunization rates, mm -hmm. and those are the groups that uh, uh, should be concerned. And can I still get vaccinated if I discover that I'm someone who either didn't get it as a child or uh, I've just, uh, maybe I've decided um, I had made the choice to not vaccinate my children, but now I'm reconsidering that? Can yes. the vaccine be given at any time? It can be, yes. Okay. In fact, if you are exposed and you're not immune, the uh, recommendation is that you get vaccinated uh, immediately after the exposure within the first few days of, exp uh, of being exposed, and that can prevent measles okay. infection. And what sort of symptoms would someone have where they might suspect that they've been exposed to measles? You wouldn't have symptoms as a result of the exposure, but only after uh, a period of incubating the, the virus. So okay. there's an incubation period of seven to 18 days, six days, let's say, is the short end. Okay. Um, average about 10 to 12 days. So you may have an exposure this Sunday and the following Wednesday, you develop malaise, low-grade fever, conjunctivitis, or uh, cruddy feeling in your eyes, and uh, cough and runny nose. The three C's, we call it. Mm -hmm. Cough, coryza, and conjunctivitis. Okay. Coryza being runny nose. A few days later, rash. And mm -hmm. the rash typically starts uh, on the, the head and moves around to the face and then to the neck and becomes a generalized rash. 
And what is the advice uh, for someone who suspects they may have come down with the disease? Well, if you think you have measles, you should contact your doctor by the phone uh, or some other way that is not just showing up in the clinic. You and don't why want is it. that? Because if you show up in the clinic, you're going to expose other people who may be immunocompromised or um, otherwise not immune to the virus and may get measles and may need special precautions to be taken in that case. So you don't want to just show up. It's very contagious. Uh, and so when you do go to the doctor's office, ideally it will be at the end of the day or uh, sometime where they can um, remove the other patients from the waiting room and not have you sitting there next to other people who you might expose, sure. such as infants or immunocompromised patients. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So contacting your provider ahead Contacting of time. Contacting the provider ahead of time. Know. Let them know okay. that you've been exposed to measles and you think you have measles. Um, and the healthcare provider team needs to know that they need to pay, take special precautions as well. And that is put a mask on the patient when they arrive, mm -hmm. put them in a room immediately, ideally in a room that has negative pressure, and wear a, an N95 mask is it possible for someone to be contagious without realizing that they actually have measles? Sure. If you have a, a, a non-immune person who's exposed to measles virus and then develops illness, let's say 10, 14 days later, um, they the first symptoms are that of any kind of respiratory virus, uh -huh. like uh, Influenza circulates this time of year. Right. Um, could be a common cold. Could be a common cold virus. Uh, pink eye or something like that. They may think, mm -hmm. oh, I've got an allergy or, you know, stuffy nose, runny nose, cough. And uh, eye irritations are very common symptoms. And it's not until onset of rash that people say, oh, my gosh, this is measles. So it's um, people are have a uh, ability to transmit the virus from four days before the onset of rash until about four or five days after uh, the onset of rash. So, and that four days before, they could be exposing people right, without really realizing. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So people in the emergency room at the, you know, the front end or in, in front end of clinics, mm -hmm. we need to know that if someone comes in with a cough and fever, a respiratory virus, Measles should be something they should consider in the differential diagnosis, or they should be thinking, this could be measles. Has this person been exposed to measles? Are they immune to measles? If we're not thinking about it, we won't catch it. So yeah. the uh, providers at the, you know, the primary respond first responders need to be aware of, uh, of the possibility of measles right now. So that gets us into my next question, which is how the the impact of this outbreak, how it relates to OHSU. What what sorts of things is OHSU Healthcare doing to prepare? Well, we've we've uh, put together uh, a lot of information sheets that are we're sending around some frequently asked questions uh, with answers to those questions and uh, alerting healthcare providers on the electronic medical record and uh, we're having series of conference calls with the county health departments to keep up to date on what's happening. Okay. Um, the good news is that nearly all of the OHSU healthcare workforce who see patients are immune. So, yes, that's great um, news. Yeah. So I think there are maybe out of 15,000 or so employees, only about 150 who are not immune. So 
we've done a very good job of getting people vaccinated. Has OHSU seen any cases of measles? We had uh, a single case that was imported from Western Europe a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Um, that was unrelated to this outbreak. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of the way measles vaccine was implemented in Europe, it seems that there's an increase in the number of cases in Europe. So mm. that's one travel destination. If you're going to France, for example, or Germany, or uh, anywhere in Western Europe or Eastern Europe, if you're going to travel overseas, really, you should make sure that you're up to date on your measles vaccination. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, Dr. Towns, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communication. This episode was produced by Lisa Carter and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson, filling in for Patrick Holmes. See you next week.